0: This child plays rough wizard. He was sling pawns at a B and B when he had an epiphany. And make a point in about time too about not playing D and It was a free throw, and I heard him say, Keep off my borderlands, but just sit back and let Spencer do his trick, cause you're incapable. Hello and welcome to Keep Off The Borderlands. My name's Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and in this episode I find myself once again talking about the subject of immersion, but relating it to some recent gaming experiences. Also touching on a few things that have cropped up in a few other podcasts. But first, let's have a listen to a few messages. Hey, Spencer, Jason here. Just want to mention that. Enjoyed your last episode. Reference Barney's call. It's a shame that we're getting a delay on League of Eternal Guardians, but I I think the final product will be well worth it. Um, I think some of the things he was worried about kind of don't matter because Kickstarter doesn't enforce the rules on ZineQuest. There are a bunch of zines out there that are breaking the rules. Cheaters with multiple colors and different things. And yeah, so... There are PDF-only zines out there that, you know, that's not even a zine. That's just a PDF. But anyhow, the final product for League is going to be worthwhile. It's going to be worth the wait. So I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. there. And it certainly is going to be worth the wait because there's a few things about the League of Eternal Guardians that I wasn't aware of when I spoke about why Barney might... Not be entering it into Zine Quest and some really exciting news there. And if you haven't listened to the episode over on Loco Ludus, I urge you to do so because it seems that the League of Eternal Guardians is really taking off. Barney has got some really interesting people involved in the production of that thing now. It would appear. The legend that is Dirk the Dice of the Grognard Files is writing for it. The eminent Scott Dawood of the Good Friends of Jackson Elias podcast is also on board. Someone who I've had the great pleasure of playing Call of Cthulhu with in Andy Goodman's sessions that he's running based on scenarios published in White Dwarf. Which can be heard over on Grizzly Peaks Radio And Frank Redding, who, if I'm not much mistaken, is the creator of the wonderful Hypertellurians, a where is it, Sword and Planet? Um I think the term starship and sandals might sum up the setting a bit better. Because it's kind of um John Carter Flash Gordon-esque. It's a wonderful-looking book. I've not had the pleasure of playing it yet, but it's based on a whole host of games, which I am a big fan of. The Black Hack, Numenera, Shadow of the Demon Lord, Knave, Troika, to name but a few. So, I don't know. This thing is something... A bit more than a zine so very much looking forward to seeing how that develops exciting stuff and thanks for giving me the opportunity to address that Jason Cheers hi Spencer Pete Jones here just listened to your latest episode about zine quest yeah I'm feeling your pain too I've currently got nine backed with a I think it's another 18 that I'm watching And there's still loads more of these jeans to come out. I mean, the quality this year is so high. It's really tough. It's going to be really heavy on the wallet, isn't it? But I know there's more coming out. I know Josh has just released his his, uh, Grim Blade. And there's a couple more, at least a few more coming out. Uh, mid-month, so I'm trying to hold back to see what else comes out before I can sort of try and spread the funds, but yeah, it's definitely going to double figures, so uh, thanks for that episode, uh, try not to find any new ones, I don't want to back anymore well I do, but the wallet doesn't cheers, Spencer, speak to you again soon Pete Jones of Dragons Are Real there and thank you very much Pete for getting in touch I'm glad you enjoyed the episode I've certainly been enjoying your episodes, I'm disturbed by the fact that you are putting out more zine quest episodes and since talking about them myself i've backed another five i think and i'm certainly going to have to rein that in but as as you've highlighted with your subsequent episodes there's so much good stuff still coming out so that is going to be an ongoing struggle for me i fear but uh I've kind of told myself I'm not going to back anymore, but I know me too well. Thanks again, Pete. Jason and Spencer. Dudes, 70s Atomic Disco a husband Monster Hunt RPG. That's a zine quest right there. Come on, there's 28 days left in February. Let's get out there. Let's get it done. I'll collaborate with it. If not, I'll buy it. Let's just do it. Come on. You know that's a seller. You know people will buy that. It sounds awesome. Barry Dewey Robertson there. GM Shadow from Shadow of the GM. And thanks for getting in touch, Barry. I think I might leave it to Jason to put that one together, as great as it sounds. Um, yeah, I, I kind of toyed with the idea of, you know, getting in on this inquest thing myself. I do have a handful of ideas that uh, could probably lend themselves to zines quite nicely. But it seems to me, I'm coming to realise that I'm somebody who kind of comes up with ideas but struggles to kind of really develop them into something that I could honestly expect people to pay money for but we'll see cheers Barry now let's get to the main topic I might sound a little bit different today because for the first time I'm recording into a new laptop. Previously, I've recorded everything directly onto my phone because, well, frankly, my old laptop wasn't up to the job. So, um, yeah, it might sound a little bit different. I was listening to Rob C., down in a heaps recent episode, uh, The Snowy Road Rambles, where he's talking about keeping reality out of his game when talking about folks comparing the handling of fantasy races and real-world racism. And I, I totally get why people would want to get away from using the term race in RPGs and how terms like maybe ancestry or kin are not just preferable but probably more accurate. And this whole discussion comes from Throffsoft uh, at the end of Thought Eater Throfcast, uh, 179 The Hump Day Blogorama. Throff was talking about the recent decisions Talking about the recent directions Wizards of the Coast are moving in with the release of Tasha's Cauldron of Everything and how it offers um, lots more options in building characters, yada, yada, yada. But it got me thinking about six or seven months back, there was a lot of talk about immersion. And engagement and whether it was possible to, or even desirable, to truly lose yourself in a game. And there was talk about removing, reducing or concealing the more gamey or gamest elements. Players not having character sheets and not needing to know the rules and stuff like that. And this all came about through Roleplay Rescue uh, where Che Webster was interviewing Daniel Jones about his primal fantasy game, the whole idea of other world immersion and episode 611 onwards because that discussion went on for a further few episodes because of the feedback that Che received. I was initially intrigued by this idea that Daniel Jones was putting forward but I soon realized following some discussions with safer fantasy crafting around the whole RPGs of Frankenstein's monsters conversations from his podcast and Ron Edwards game design theory on the late Purple Worm podcast I believe Roleplay Rescue also spoke about that it's uh, still getting very convoluted. Ap- apologies, but uh, I'll come around to making sense at some point, I promise. Uh, I will try to include links to all the episodes I mention if you really want to go down that rabbit hole. But um, I soon realised that my thoughts about immersion were something a little different. and This brings me back to what Rob was saying and also in recent discussions on Andy Goodman's expedition to the Grizzly Peaks around different perspectives on the same gaming sessions. And I'll link to that too. Um, Anyway, um, my point was about my perspective on immersion. For me, it being about engagement in play and being lost In that activity. Not necessarily about. Believing the reality of the game. More about leaving reality behind. Not forgetting. That I'm playing a game as such. But forgetting everything else. Being lost. In the act of play. Immersed in that activity. But while always. Knowing that I'm playing a game. Because in Andy's episodes. There's been a bit of discussion around conflicts of characters and not just characters but the perception was also that there was perhaps conflict between players and I wanted to talk a little bit about why I wasn't bothered about you know my in game conflicts and how I'm quite happy for that sort of thing to occur because Well, I've had a few character conflicts over the past few months. And um, first of all, one that springs to mind was a game of Old School Essentials being run by Edwin King. And me and Dave Aldridge were actually playing in that. We both entered an existing party with new characters and we were brought into the game Been captives of some goat people and the party rescued us, freed us. And from the very beginning of that session, mine and Dave's character were at each other's throats. And my initial thought was, why why are you being so difficult, Dave? But in kind of leaning into that and embracing it, it was really... You know, we really had a lot of fun, and um, it, it did actually culminate in us both being killed <laughs> uh, in an encounter with a couple of uh, wyverns. And well, it was just a really, really fun session. Thinking about other conflicts, there was the discussion that's been going on over on expedition to the Grizzly Peaks about my character and and Safer of Safer Fantasy Crafting, his character during a session of the Eldritch Organ game using Barney Dicker's League of Eternal Guardians rules our characters were kind of pulling in slightly different directions and I felt that led to an interesting dynamic although we weren't actually in conflict directly just had different ideas about how to proceed and that was a fun game too as I say they weren't in direct conflict in any kind of uh, argumentative manner I didn't really perceive a problem in game but Safer perceived it as perhaps he himself was at odds with the group as a whole and I, I, I didn't I didn't feel that, but if he, you know, if he felt that, then that's what he felt. Um, and more recently, there's been an incident in the Call of Cthulhu game that I'm playing in with Barney, Colin spike Pick Green, and Scott Dorwood. That's being run by Andy Goodman. My character Milton has been in a bit of a tussle with. Barney's character where we were wrestling over this amulet and that kind of became quite heated and yet I felt there was no conflict between us as players whatsoever and to a certain extent I felt that Milton and Barney's previous character Hector were at odds quite a lot of the time but yeah that was all good fun and made for some very interesting entertaining sessions and I guess what I found interesting about that was that you know in real life I don't like confrontations I don't like to make a fuss I'm something of a people pleaser but I've really enjoyed throwing myself into conflicts within games possibly because perhaps I'm exploring an aspect of myself that doesn't really get explored in the real world. I guess what I'm saying is I don't, you know, I'm quite happy for games to be divorced from reality. But I'm not saying that I don't want to deal with real world issues in games. I'm all for that. You know, I love a difficult situation, I love an ethical dilemma, but that's precisely because I'm playing in a game, inhabiting a fiction, and I'm quite happy to leave the real world behind when I do that. But because I know it's a fiction, doesn't mean that I can't be engrossed in it, Um a non-gaming example would be maybe, well, watching a horror film. Recently, I watched a film came out last year called Host, made during lockdown, about a bunch of students. I guess would be the best way to describe them doing a online conference call seance. The Doesn't go well for them. And I found, you know, despite it being you're essentially watching a video chat, the effects were very simple but effective. And it really, really did a good job of creating a very unsettling atmosphere while I was watching it. And for the first time in a long time, after watching the film, I kept being troubled by images that I saw within the film when I was you know switching all the lights off before going to bed when I had to get up to go to the loo in the night that's you know I'm of that age and if someone had taken the opportunity to maybe jump out on me at that point it's quite possible I might have lost control of one of more of my bodily functions but (laughs) I wasn't Kind of run screaming from the house i was uh i was genuinely spooked by it yet i'm also fully aware that it's a complete fiction and i'm not somebody who kind of goes in for all that spiritualism stuff anyway i like to think of myself as having quite a rational scientific mind but i'm not beyond being affected by a good story so yeah what's my point um Just that I like to lose myself in play. At at the same time, I'm fully aware that I'm playing a game. What's occurring in that game is a fiction, but it's no less immersive because of that. And if I had a point beyond that, I kind of feel that I may have lost it in my ramblings. But this is just some thoughts that occurred to me while listening to Rob C's. Down in a Heap episode. Hold up. Well, since recording that, I've just heard Rob C use the example of a horror movie to make a similar point on the latest Thought Eater Frothcast 181. Spooky. Now, I've just heard an episode... From Andy Goodman's Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks, episode 338, getting too real. Talking about his players' conflicts spilling out of the game. The thing's just getting a little bit too heated. So, uh, well, that's bizarre, isn't it? I was doing time in the universal mind. Note to self, keep using the phone. For recording. So I was just reflecting on that and thinking to myself, well, you know, if it's not otherworld immersion, what kind of immersion am I talking about? And I initially thought, well, it's escapism, isn't it? But then it's more than that. It comes back to the whole idea of exploration. Not just exploration of a world, but exploration of the nature of interaction, exploration of group dynamics, and ultimately, I guess, exploration of myself. And what is it that pulls me out of that? You know, what throws me off when I'm playing a game? And I've spoken about the fact that I like rules getting out of the way, but that, I think, is more to do with the fact that I don't like having to read a lot of rules, and I don't like going into something feeling that I don't know my stuff. And obviously, it's much easier to do if you've got a rules-like system. You can feel that you know the rules. But another thing I've learned through play is that it's very easy to pick up a game while you're playing it, much easier than when you're trying to read a rule book. So coming back to what, would throw me off my game. I guess it's moments, particular rules or maybe GM decisions that I don't understand, that don't appear to be in context with the reality of the fiction, (laughs) if that makes any sense. I guess it's more about inconsistencies in the rules rather than the setting, I suppose. Um, which kind of brings us back to the whole Thief discussion and whether that is a matter of inconsistency, having skills introduced for the Thief class, whether that's detrimental to all the other players. I think the upshot of those episodes was that it comes down to a matter of interpretation. It's either something you can sort of incorporate into the game without too much disruption or it really does unbalance how the thing works. And I guess ultimately there was no definitive answer there. It all comes down to whether you feel that adds something to the game and it's something you can work with or it detracts from the game and it's something that you'd be better off without. Well, I wasn't expecting to come back round to that point. That's rambling for you.